Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here is our host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. Welcome to Second Wind. And what we have in for have for you today is very exciting and very interesting. And you'll walk away with so much information that will be benefit you as you uh, go through the day, go forward in your life. Let me tell you about our guest. He is Dr. Roger Teal, a speaker and author and a global spiritual leader. Through storytelling and humor and practical spirituality, Dr. Teal's transforming messages help empower people and lead them to their limitless potential to live dynamically. Dr. Teal holds degrees in psychology and religion, a doctor of divinity degree, and a doctor of religious science degree. He serves as senior minister and spiritual director of Mile High Church with more than 30,000 members. Mm, small neighborhood man, church there, and friends in Lakewood, Colorado. Now, believe it or not, he does have some leisure time, and Roger loves to travel, yes, golf, tennis, strumming his banjo, and dating his wife, and, of course, spoiling his grandchildren. Now, he will be sharing with us today his latest book, This Life is Joy, Discovering the Spiritual Laws of Life to Live More Powerfully, Lovingly, and Happily. This book shows us how every moment, every experience, and every person can be an opening for our soul to greater understanding, more peace and joy, and an overwhelming experience of love. Mm. I like that so much, Roger. I Really, I'm so excited. I have been following you for the last three days. You didn't know that. Oh, really? But you haven't. Yes, you have an extensive YouTube library. Yeah, and yeah. and I have gone there and enjoyed your humor and your messages and uh, just floated all over the place. Well, bless so your welcome heart, to Joyce. The show. Thank you. I'm delighted yeah. to be here. <clears throat> well, you are so. Um, I love the way you deliver. It's like we're. It's like there's a whole room of the church there, and you're up there on the stage, and it's like we're. It's just you and I having coffee. It's oh, just, I like that. You know, that's a compliment. You know, that's what I want. I don't. I don't want it to be. Um, well, what's what's the word? I don't want it to be distanced or slick or anything, because you know the principles that I'm about teaching are so practical, and I feel. They're so timely that people are yearning to know a higher truth about them and how they can reshape their life. That you know, I'm and and 
And I'll tell you what, Joyce, I'm using these every day just as much as anybody. I'm no different than anybody else. So really it is sort of like over coffee. Let's say, hey, what's working and what's the truth that we can return to so our lives make some sense? Yeah. Uh, So my listeners could understand uh, Dr. Teal. You had very early in your life just an amazing um, experience that changed your life (laughs) very early, like six. (laughs) So would you share with us that event? Yeah. You know, I was um, laying on the grass. My my dad Mm -hmm. had just mowed the lawn by memory and um, and I was just laying on that newly cut grass looking up at the sky. I was probably five or six years old. And uh, what I remember is that I lost all sense of being a person. I was the sky and the, the light and the clouds and the air. It was as though I had died. In fact, at one level I thought I had, mm. and, and I had merged into what I was seeing. There wasn't me seeing and what was seen. It was just there it was I was in it uh as it and um it scared me quite frankly when I when I came back into my sense of of self the local self I I remember I was so vibrating so much I had to grab the grass just to stabilize myself and I hid that away I thought I thought there might be something wrong with me or something Mm -hmm. Um, so um I I just hid it away but something had been I think something must have happened to me in that kind of maybe a downloading or an encoding of me in some way. Because, yeah. uh, you know, a year or so later, I out of nowhere just told my parents I wanted to start going to church. And they were churchgoers at the time. And oh. uh, there are a number of them within walking distance. And they just gave me permission to walk to them. And I went to the, the churches there, the Sunday schools and stuff like that. And I mm-hmm. didn't really understand the message. I was just enjoying the energy of it and following what I was impelled to do. And but the more I uh, grew older and, you know, began to think about things, the the message I was hearing just could not connect with what seemed just in me, um, mm-hmm. what seemed right and natural to me. Um, so um, I I began to ask more questions, and it became more and more of a struggle. And, and actually, right. the more I, I learned about the theologies and some of the more traditional theologies at the time, mm-hmm. the less the less I could um, relate, um, they, they became troubling to me. And in mm-hmm. my mid-teens, I actually um, had a two-hour conversation with a with a minister that left him very frustrated because I kept <laughs> digging deeper and asking more and more <laughs> questions. And finally, probably uh, some he didn't have answers for. <laughs> perhaps not. Yeah. Uh, but he finally uh, he just said I wasn't right for the church there, and uh, mm-hmm. and I really was. Um, upset by that. I thought, wow, you can't even ask questions either. So I, mm-hmm. I left and uh, I didn't, I, I thought churches were frauds, ministers were fakes, and now I am one. But at any rate, <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that I had just launched myself on a more independent, open path. And uh, finally, uh, I, I, my, my, my mother actually discovered uh, this kind of teaching, this new thought uh, metaphysical kind of teaching, and uh, mm-hmm. I resisted even exploring it because I was just so disenchanted. But then finally, I, I agreed, and I went, and I, then I then it all came together. And so that yeah. kind of launched me on a deeper search, um, a deeper um, cultivation of of what I was beginning to realize was uh, my my immersion in the unity of all life, in the oneness um, of all life, and and so. so anyway, well, you that, know. That, 
Uh, yeah. I'm from a, you know, I'm from the South, so I've gone to traditional churches most of my life. And so being introduced to um, the new, the oh dear, I'm looking for the word, your church, the the principles that your church teaches is just like new to me. Um because I'm a coach and I interact with teaching law of attraction and some of that, those are subjects you just you kind of whisper around my church friends because I'm not sure where they are on on some of that more physical opening up to receive more and search more about our universe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think everybody has to find whatever path really works for them. So. You know, I, I don't really like the arrogance or what I call the absolutism of some some theologies that suggest there's one way for everybody and everybody mm-hmm. needs to be on that way or they're lost. I think everybody searches for what really relates to them and what also most puts them in connection with their hearts and with God. You know, ultimately when you remember what, say, what it says in the Bible, God is love. Not God is loving. God is love. And they that dwell in love dwell in God and God in them. And so basically we humans are charged with bringing God out of the skies and opening our hearts and discovering the very presence of God uh, as the love that can flow from our hearts. And I tell you, Joyce, until we humans really get that message, we're going to keep struggling and creating pain and suffering on this planet, I'm afraid. Uh, And then we're praying to a God to rescue us, and that God probably is whispering to us, I've given you everything you need. I've given you your spiritual essence. You have to awaken to that. I've placed you here to awaken to who you really are and to gain the the spiritual authority I've vested in you. Wake up. So my Mm -hmm. passion, Joyce, is to assist people in waking up, not changing them, because they're already made in the image and after the likeness and nature of God. I'm, I'm all about helping us all wake up to the higher levels of awareness that we can move into that can help us reshape our lives and, and reshape our culture and our, our planet. When when a person is challenged, do how does okay the knowing that we are complete, that we have the ability to um, take care of ourselves? Is it that relationship with God that we have that is the the part of taking care of ourselves? Now, did I just mess that up? The question is. Could we do it without praying to God, or praying to God is part of the solution of solving an issue or a problem or facing our tomorrows or our fears? Well, my sense of prayer is that it's not a pleading, a begging, as much as it's uh, an awakening and an affirming. Mm -hmm. It's, It's awakening to the presence of God right where I am so that I can draw upon that power. And it's, it's activating a higher level of awareness about myself so that because I'm thinking differently, life can begin to shift for me. Remember it mm-hmm. says it is done unto you as you believe. And also Jesus said, when you pray, believe mm-hmm. that you have received and you shall receive. You know, he was mm-hmm. teaching a principle there of the power of believing. Yeah. If, if through prayer we can shift out of believing we're inadequate, and unlovely and um, incapable and shift into the higher realization that 
we're immensely powerful as a spiritual being and that the mm-hmm. divine resources are right where we are and that we need to believe in the answer even before it has shown up in our life. It's like we've got to create it within ourselves right. first. Then it yeah. can show up outside. It's done unto us as we believe. Um, believe first and then you receive, he said. That's, mm-hmm. To me, that's the function of prayer is to return us to the higher truth about us so that it can function through us. Mm-hmm. And, and then I have seen people um, create absolutely stunning miracles through this shift because what's happening is it's like planting a seed in the soil. They, they get a, a higher idea for their life, and rather than just wishing and hoping it'll come about, they start believing it is so now. It's like they create the inner thought seed, and then they mm-hmm. add to it the spiritual support that helps them um, grow into faith and believing. And then through that, this power in the universe starts working through them, and things start becoming incredible in their mm-hmm. lives. And that's a really exciting process to witness. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I have you run across Mary Morrissey in your... Oh, Mary's a, a dear friend. Um, Mary yes. and I hung out a lot together. She <laughs> uh, is is doing wonderful work in her uh, uh, coaching and spiritual mm-hmm. uh, support. Uh, yeah, she's a tremendous person. Yes, um, I did some work with Mary earlier on, and and um, it was I loved her story about how we come to Earth and we are so perfect, and then as we try to our our parents change us as we to fit into their environment we change our from the inner knowing into an outer looking for answers and it just it just takes us our whole life to get back to the inner knowing it seems you know you're always working about with the fears of i'm not enough i i'm not sure i can do this uh, i'm afraid i'll fail all of those things that yeah. um, have to be found again. That's right. It's 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 in some ways we're on a quest to unlearn a lot of things. Oh, you know, yeah. because as we grow from our earliest <laughs> days on, we we pick up a bunch of stuff about ourselves and give it the power of our believing, which then mm-hmm. gives it the power of running our lives. And we get to yeah. on this path, we get to unlearn a bunch of uh, what I call the only kind of sin, and that's self-inflicted nonsense. Um, that's my acronym for that. It's, it's the, the nonsense that were um, forged in scarcity and made um, originally inadequate and, mm-hmm. and not okay. And then along the way that we're, you know, people pick up things like, I'm not pretty or I'm not attractive, I'm not creative. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I always struggle. Um, nobody understands me. Everybody seems to be against me. About the time things start going well, the other shoe falls and things don't go well. Everything falls apart for me. These things live deeply in people. And if it's done to us as we believe, those things are showing up, being presenced in lives uh, all the time. And that's mm-hmm. a shame. But what mm-hmm. we can do is we can start neutralizing those and replacing them with the kind of deep acceptances that allow the givingness of God or the Spirit to, to start showing up and working in us. And, oh, my gosh, then all of a sudden we realize what we're made for. We're made to be creative beings, partnering with, with the divine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
maybe that is the element in coaching sometimes that's missing. We're not bringing God into it. Well, yeah, and we're not exploring um, some new possibilities around God as being the, the presence of the light and the truth that is everywhere, not in a distant dimension. Remember, mm-hmm. Jesus also said, the kingdom of God is within you. It's mm-hmm. within you. The kingdom of God is at hand, he said. It's within us. So um, somebody um, wrote a book called you Looking Too Far for God, you know, and it's like we're, we're looking out there, and we don't realize that, um, as it also says in the scriptures, in God we live, move, and have our very being. And so as mm-hmm. we start reshaping that, then all of a sudden we realize we are meant to be channels for God, expressions of God, mm-hmm. not just picturing ourselves as these abandoned children, hoping God will reach into our lives and, and help us out. No, mm-hmm. we're we're already in the presence, and it wants to work through us, but it can only do that according to our believing. Mm, yeah. And, you know, I think that truly you can, you can try to motivate yourself and do all of this stuff, but for me, what really works for me is when I open my heart and remember who I really am as a child of God. And then, then all of a sudden my, my other strategies in life are amplified. You know, there's a greater mm-hmm. power through them with that. So... This isn't, this isn't about um, getting churchy on people. This is just saying, as spiritual beings, fundamentally, we mm-hmm. need to come from a spiritual basis in our transformational work and in our dreams, in presencing our dreams, because mm-hmm. that unleashes our greatest power in all of our efforts. Right. Since most of my listeners, I believe, are women in transition, um, the whole show was developed around that after my transition of divorce 20 years ago. And so, not that I started my show 20 years ago, but <laughs> I had to learn go on my path here. <laughs> and so, uh, how would you tell or speak to someone out there listening that has left or never experienced the church, but is going through all those transitions of rebuilding their life, of uh, maybe through job change. It could be divorce. It could be loss of a spouse. But how could they start reconnecting to finding who they are? Is that too big? (laughs) Well, you know, no, I think there's a number of facets to that. First Mm -hmm. of all, um, we have to learn to develop the inner life. Uh, many folks mm-hmm. are so outwardly focused that they are very estranged from their inner life. So when it says, be still and know that I am God, it's really more like be still and know the I am that mm-hmm. is God in you. And so we need to, at times, um, go to the inner sanctuary of our being. You know, there's so much outer stimuli in our lives it pulls us away from our, our deep core center. It's like a wheel. Most folks mm. li- live at the circumference of the wheel that is turning faster and faster and faster and more in demands, and, and, and seldom do we journey to the, the central hub of our lives because that's yeah. in that stillness where, where we can begin to, to connect and commune with, with that higher truth. And mm-hmm. then I think it, it's also important to... Um, cultivate an awareness of what's really true about us so that we can give it life. And that's why I wrote this book, This Life is Joy, 
uh, discovering mm-hmm. the spiritual laws uh, to live more powerfully, lovingly, and happily. I wrote yeah. it as a as a companion so that people can read this and realize um, the the greater reality of life that life is invisible, not visible. It, and, and even the quantum physicists have, have, have revealed this, that all matter emerges out of a, an invisible dimension of infinite potentiality and energy and information. Now, the, the, the mystical leaders throughout the centuries have tried to tell us that through spirituality, but now scientists are even realizing that. So there's this invisible reality that is making all matter and all things. And, and, and so I wrote this book to help people understand this so that they could then use it as as they go through the challenges of life and in part mm-hmm. 3 of the book we deal with all of it we deal with uh, we do deal with problems with uncertainty with change with mm-hmm. judgment with conflict and with all of the things that show up in our lives from a different perspective so i think it's important yeah. to have support as you get still to have some new materials some new truth realizations that you can take in and 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 then then those can begin to take on life uh, within us. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, that, that's when it gets really exciting. <laughs> well, when I looked at the book, just, you know, it is fairly thick book, and so I started looking at it, and I um, started looking at, of course, the table of contents first. And you talked about the seven pillars of truth, where you break them uh-huh. down. Yep. And um, um, under each one, it was so interesting how you laid the book out, mm-hmm. um, because you talked. You first off gave us quotes, but then you did the essence, and in the essence, many times you had how it related to. The, you may explain this better than I do, but it was so interesting that you had the essence, the experience, and the expression, which was how someone could implement the teaching in their life. So yeah. you want to. You want to explain that a little bit better than I did? Well, I wanted this to be really accessible, so I wanted in each chapter there to be a short, short uh, description of the essence of what we're talking about, mm-hmm. and then the experience and uh, examples of how it has happened in my life and in the lives of others who are profound examples. And then mm-hmm. the final thing is how the reader can put it to work. I mean, every chapter is set up like that, and I wanted yeah. part part two to just be about a new realization of this. Uh, spiritual universe of ours. And, and so those chapters are really giving people a foundation, a platform for a whole new way of understanding about life. Um, it says this instant is love. This being is light, meaning every being we see and ourselves. This world is consciousness. This idea is substance. Then, then another chapter is this relationship is oneness. Um, we really think there's different peoples and we're separated, but we're actually woven together in a oneness. And then mm-hmm. this journey is surrender. It's like how I can live the surrendered life uh, and, and also discover my power in surrender. And then the chapter that the book is titled after, This Life is Joy, that there's a deep joy in us that is not um, uh, covered over by the problems of life. We can rediscover it uh, and, mm. and live from that power center called our joy. So that part, too, helps people get a new sense of themselves in life. And then in part three, we take on the, the stuff of life. The fear, the problems, the judgment, the conflict, the disease, you know, change, uncertainty, desires, risks, all of that stuff, uh, which we all have on our path, how to work with that in a whole new way. And so it's really a manual for uh, the preferred kind of life, a new, radically new uh, kind of life. 
Mm -hmm. Do you see people, of course, we're all going to use it the way we've, we're drawn to use it, but do you, did you originally in designing this book think that they would go through it or use it as going like if they're dealing with fear, they would go to the fear section and would they need to read the uh, part two, which is the seven pillars first? Is there a you know, I think you I think anybody uh, they can chart their own course. If they're having, if they're dealing with judgments or disease or something like that, go to that chapter, read it, take it in. But you know, eventually you'll find even more power by understanding why it is we um, have a different kind of radically different strategy in each of those than than people mostly use. So yeah, use it. You can you can go to certain places in it, but there'll come a time when when you see when you read part two all together. You realize, oh, and that's why. Okay, now I got it. <laughs> now I got it. Uh, I'm a creative being in a spiritual universe, and uh, I can live in a whole new way. I can, I can live uh, truly from within out, not letting the world tell me who I am anymore. I can start yep. knowing who I am and start presencing this in my life in a powerful way. And then everything in my life starts to shift and adjust according to this new place I'm, I'm living in. Right. Well, you tell a wonderful story about you. You're very open and revealing in your book. I give you that, Roger. I think that's a very fine quality. But you talk about your true love and your disappointment of yeah. losing love and um, how you, your friend guided you back to uh, looking at yourself, which we all need a friend like that yeah. to help us when we get blinded by our own uh, weaknesses, but um, I love the stories that you provided in each section. They're not all your personal stories, but they were funny. That makes this book really um, an enjoyable read because I well, was I'm laughing along. <laughs> you know, I don't think any of us can really teach beyond our own experience, and so I, <laughs> I, I, I just weave into this book. Lots of experiences of mine, some of them not so pretty, some of them agonizingly difficult and painful, like the one you just raised. But, you know, I, I, I want people to know I've been there, done that, and, and that I've got a, a, something to offer if they're interested. You know, that was one of the most powerful parts of my life. It was the most painful uh, mm, yeah. experience, one of the most painful. But it, it was a betrayal, um, mm -hmm. and it hurt terribly. But it also ultimately opened me to my heart. And another thing yeah. about this book is helping acquaint us, reacquaint us with the beauty, the depth, the power of our hearts. Uh, mm. And this isn't just mushy, romantic stuff. No, this is the power of God in our hearts, the essence of the divine in our hearts. And so when yeah. I got dumped and I grieved and I got angry and I was raging and I was moving into believing I hated her and a friend said, there's you 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 yourself teach a better way why don't you even you why don't you use it and i was so angry at him but i knew he was right i started going beyond the, what i call yeah. the little story or the core mm -hmm. story and that is who did what to me how i was done wrong and you know we can get yeah. stuck in that story for a lifetime and oh, you know, we, we can stay, yeah and we get when we stay confined in it too mm -hmm. but what he helped me do was say hey you know there's a bigger you got to look at some other things here and that's when i first of all realized yeah, when I got when I really opened up, I saw it was um, an immature relationship. It was a dependency uh, yeah. relationship, 
and it wouldn't have been good for us to get married. And she yeah. was doing the right thing I'm by gonna, leaving. Roger, I'm going to break you here, stop you here, so we can okay, get we'll a take break. A break. When we come back, okay. we'll tell more about those stories and those real speaker and author uh, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We are talking today with Dr. Roger Teal. He's a speaker and author and a global spiritual leader. Amazing, amazing that he now is the senior minister and spiritual director of Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado, where they have 30,000 members. Now, do you ever get all those members at one time? Well, no. (laughs) And you know, a lot of them, Joyce, are spread all over the world, um, especially in other parts of our country. Um, But I'd say that, you know, we've got uh, about twelve to 14,000 folks locally that that access us, some online, but most of them, um, they show up. So it's fun. Right. Right. So is your church service on the Internet every week? Yes. Yeah, we stream uh, from there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we stream it at uh, uh, 10 a.m. Mountain Time, although then once the service is over, it's available on our website to watch anytime. So it's, it's archived w- there. Yeah, what is your website? Would you like to share that? Milehighchurch.org is my spiritual center's uh, website, mm-hmm. and that's Mile High, just H-I, milehighchurch.org. And mm-hmm. then it, you can just click on... Um, um, the um, watch watch service button, uh-huh. I believe, that, and it'll take mm-hmm. you to you know a number of them that are available to view, and we put post each week's up there. So yeah, mm-hmm. maybe that'll be um, uh, maybe that'll be a resource for some folks. Yes, for somebody that yes, because once they see your YouTube's, they're going to want to come to your weekly service as well. I think. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> so, now you were talking about love in the last, before I had to cut you off and go to break. Um, were you finished with that story? Oh, no, no. You know, what happened, 
um, then is that as I began to look at the thing more openly, you know, mm-hmm. and that it wasn't a relationship that was going anywhere and I was deluding myself, I kept exploring and I realized that actually the biggest problem was that I had a cold and protected heart that I kept my heart closed, that neither she nor any other relationship I'd had Mm -hmm. would really get close to me. I managed it uh, too much. I was afraid, and and so I controlled the intimacy. I was a workaholic, and uh, so people couldn't get as close to me as they wanted to and as she yearned to. And um, to me, that was the stunning realization that my challenge was my my own heart center. You see, Mm -hmm. the heart is not only the, the most powerful uh, and most intelligent, research shows the most intelligent, intelligent organ in the body, far more so than the brain, actually, which is quite fascinating. Um, but also, it's a vortex. It's a, it's a portal where the divine can show up. And so I busied myself over the next two years in exploring opening my heart and worked with a man named Brew Joy, who's now passed over, but he's such an incredible guy. And he facilitated the opening of my heart, and my life has never been the same. Now I, I, my motto is heart-centered living. And I have found that when I live from my heart, everything else unfolds okay. I have more guidance. I, I have inspiration. Um, I have connection with others. Uh, I have true understanding. My vision expresses and expands. And uh, my God connection is more real for me. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm teaching. And there's even a heart-opening meditation at the end of the book for those who really want to start unleashing this power that's vested in every one of us. So uh, that's that was one of the most agonizing experiences in my life, but also one of the greatest Mm -hmm. blessings. And, you know, I teach that, too, that sometimes the hardest things we've ever gone through have the greatest gifts for us. If we can look at them in a more expansive way and see what what our souls were really about, what the agenda of our soul Mm -hmm. was in that situation. Mm-hmm. I like the way in the book that you ask questions. In the back, you'll say um, something about a question about how could I use this? Or it was more of um, of turning a situation and trying to find the the positive in it instead yeah. of staying in the pain. It's like, why did this happen? How could I have done this? I mean, your questions were not that, but I did like the way you use that in the book. It's it forces one to start thinking about what role we played in some of these different situations. Yeah, it's it's really coming at these situations from a different position rather than victim mm-hmm. and inadequate. We come mm-hmm. to them as opportunities in some way. Now, that doesn't mean that these various areas I talk about, fear, disease, change, that, that they're easy. Um, sometimes they hurt like hell, you know. Mm-hmm. But what it means is that if we can shift out of um, the sense that we're the victim, um, mm-hmm. then then we can start bringing forth elements that can shift the situation. And we can also um, start seeing gifts in the situation uh, that are meant to lift us up. I think even mm-hmm. in the darkest times in life, life is still on our, our side. And there are things for us to realize that can grow and empower us not just squash us. And that's Mm -hmm. what the book is dedicated to. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of those uh, um, fears or the portals of transformation, like fear, 
uh, problem of possibility. Judgment is yearning. Those kind of feel heavy to me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> They're kind oh, yeah. of like, oh, I judge. What do you mean? I don't judge. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. a well, problem? No problem. We, we all do, but when we realize that our judging of others is actually um, coming out of our um, a sense of inadequacy within ourselves and our need to love ourselves more, uh, our yearning mm-hmm. to, it, to, to know that we're whole and, and okay, then all of mm-hmm. a sudden we realize, hey, maybe I ought to be about the real business here. I can get <laughs> stuck in um, thinking right. everybody else is the problem and judging them, or I can start lifting myself up. It's up to me. You know, sometimes I think we, um, we have a choice. Do I want to be happy or do I want to be right? All right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. I have yeah. found it's better to be happy. Or than to be justified and and oh, definitely. and right um, mm-hmm. because you know what this book is also about the deep joy in us and I believe that we're here every one of us you know we're pursuing our unique goals and that's all good but I think every one of us shares a goal we came here to be happy mm-hmm. we came here not to be sad and forlorn and weak and fearful all the time we came here to be riotously joyous beings because that is when our power is fully expressing. You know, we came here to, um, to create, to, to connect, to imagine, to dream, to do incredible things, to be creative in our lives. Happy people can make the world work. You know, truly oh, yeah. happy people, um, they, they don't get enmeshed in, in toxic conflict. They don't start wars. You know, happy people... Um, don't stay in bitterness. Happy people create and play. Happy people don't find any joy in um, harming the environment or, or beating others up. Or uh, yeah. you know, happy people um, are constructive people, and we all want to be that. And we can. We I'm absolutely convinced we can when we discover the deep joy of our being. When you say happy, do do you take it as far as learning how to play again, or is that part? I mean. When I play, I'm happy, but is that the same type of thing that you're talking about? Yeah, and it's also understanding how we have um, artificial happiness in our life. I call it the pleasure pain uh, (laughs) syndrome. You know, we've Mm -hmm. so lost track of the deep joy within us that we knew as kids, the joy that didn't need money to to, uh, make it happen, didn't need mm-hmm. people's agreement to make it happen. It was just natural in us. We've lost track of that, and so we, we try to fabricate pleasure in various areas of our lives. And, you know, pleasure is fun. The problem is, is it doesn't last. And right. so we, bring, we bring pleasure into our life, and then we do everything we can do to keep it there, but when it fades or changes, then we feel pain. Pleasure is mm-hmm. opposite. And then we don't like that, and so we scramble to try to bring in more pleasure in our life, but if it isn't happening and we're in pain, then we turn to numbing the pain. And that's where the addictive process takes over so many lives. That is not what I'm talking about, this whole pleasure, pain, numbing. Um, Mm -hmm. That's because we have lost track of the deep joy of our being. This book is dedicated to helping people really know that they are deeply powerful, joyous beings now. Even with the problems they have in their life right now, there's Mm -hmm. something real, powerful, and beautiful about them right now. And the thing to do is to start working with that. You know, don't, mm-hmm. don't effort so much on the other stuff. Work on that, and then everything else in your life will start to shift. And I've seen this thousands of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
That's so exciting. It's That's like promising people out there. You can hear this. You can hear the promise that there's change and it's doable. It's really doable for you. I, I particularly like the one you have here because it's it's there's it's promising you have the change is birth (laughs) change is birth i like that since i just moved i'm like changing is birth it's opening new doors opening promise excitement um that sounds that's how i read that and then and you give in there some steps to open magic Oh, I skipped one. And the next one is uncertainty is magic. Yeah. You know, most people feel very um, awkward and afraid when change uh, is knocking at their door or they're Mm -hmm. called to take a step and they don't know how it's going to unfold. And what I try to reassure them is that change is an important part of life. Uh, And when it comes along, we should rush to it, not run away from it, because something greater is trying to get born. And that's why some lives stay so static and stuck is that we, we keep resisting the birthing of the next step and new, new um, expressions of life in our mm-hmm. experience. And the uncertainty, you know, it's, it's actually not a bad thing. We, you know, we want to know everything. But, you see, sometimes uncertainty helps grow us. And, mm-hmm. and so if we'll step into the void, into the unknown, changes come along and we'll take that risk. There's another chapter on risk. Uh, to yes. take that risk, then that lets magic start to work in our lives. But you know what? I don't ask people to do that without giving them something to hold on to. And that's the <laughs> truth of who they are. If you can hold on to the truth that um, right where I am, God is. All the ideas, mm. all the support, all the guidance of the divine is right where I am. I can take this step into the unknown um, with confidence. I may not be, know what's around the corner, but I'm going to go see, and I know I'll be upheld. And I'll, I'll be able to deal with it. And it'll also bring me into my greater good. That's what I help people know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that right there, knowing that the un, being uncomfortable, which is what change is for most yeah. of us, I just hate being uncomfortable. I don't want to be uncomfortable because we get so... Um, there's some confidence, there's some security there when we're comfortable. But yeah. it's in that growing that we we actually need the faith to know there is more for us on the other side of the change. Yeah. If we can hang in there, hold on to it, and know that that's in our future, then it helps us get there. And you know, Joyce, especially if we would define what's going on in our life as crisis. Um, when we feel like we're, things have, there's really been a breakdown, we're really in crisis, we're mm-hmm. close to the birth. We're close, uh, and that's why a good friend of mine, Barbara Hubbard, Barbara Marks Hubbard, says our crises mm-hmm. are our birth. And she's talking about us as a culture and as all of humankind, um, that, that our crisis is seeking to birth a higher kind of livingness for humanity. <coughs> Excuse me, a higher kind Bless of... Uh, uh, higher uh, way of thinking and being, and and we need to take that on and and flow with it rather than resist it. And if any of our listeners are feeling like they're in crisis, mm-hmm. you know, uh, understand that something is here. Believe that something greater is coming about. Open to it. Open to open to a whole different sense of 
of what's going on. Remember who you are uh, and, and trust that and actually start cooperating with the changes rather than resisting them. And then, then we're in the flow again, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and that's when life can start really bringing about some amazing things. How do you mean go with the flow when you have one thing right after another that sort of smacks you in the face? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what I have found is that I dig in my heels when I'm not in the flow. You know, I dig in my heels and uh-huh. I resist. And, and a lot of this I talk about in the chapter called This Journey is Surrender. Yes. And it's about um, working with the, the intelligence and the spirit of the universe rather than resisting the problems. So we have a choice. We can either um, be in resistance uh, and, and fighting the situation, or we can be connecting with the spirit and the life of, of, of the, uh, the spirit within us, and we can be flowing with that. We can mm-hmm. be surrendering to its flow. We can be surrendering to the guidance. There have been so many times in my life I was so darn sure I knew whatever, what I needed to know that I wasn't flowing with my guidance. It, sometimes oh. when we let go of what we think we know, let mm-hmm. go of our opinions, our judgments, our assessments of things, a new idea can pop, a new realization mm-hmm. that can change everything. But we've mm-hmm. got we to be available to it. We've got to flow with that. There's always a power for good trying to take us like a river into our greater good. But you know what? We try to swim upstream or we cling to the banks. Uh, mm-hmm. we, get, we get entrenched and stuck in the problem, and we don't flow. You know, we don't let go. You know, there's right. no phrase, let go and let God, you know. How could I let mm-hmm. go in this thing and, and reveal something greater? So it's a, it's a powerful notion. Some people think surrendering is giving up. I think it's giving yeah. up giving in to something greater that wants to grow me, guide me, um, show me um, miracles, um, bring magic out of uncertainty, um, birth some, some greater beauty or greater life expression out of crisis. Uh, and I've seen people who shift their perspectives on those things walk right into a new day. Mm. Mm. You talk about after... Um Section number two on the pillars, uh, you actually suggest a format for people to to go through this seven days, seven pillars, mm-hmm. um, and that's where they would go through that uh, surrender as one of those chapters. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'll go read that chapter. <laughs> <laughs> I I go back to it quite a lot because it's it's one of the hardest things uh, we. We get into resistance to things. Um, but doesn't it also say in the Bible, resist not evil, you know? And, of course, there's mm-hmm. the phrase, what you resist persists. It's like in our resisting of things and trying to um, manipulate things and change people and all of these things, we actually keep the problems more entrenched. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and so it's, it's really a, about learning to let go. Um, not just like go meaning don't care. It's like I'm opening. It's, it's like opening. That's a good word for it. Mm-hmm. I'm open to, uh, to a different understanding than I've ever had. I'm opening to new possibilities. I'm not clinging for dear life to something that's old and worn out and trying to die away in my life. I'm opening. I'm letting it. I'm letting something new show up. That whole attitude in life. Then life, the good of life, can start to work for us by working through us. Mm-hmm. Well, now, I with the surrender, I have to bring up the 
the um, chapter in the next uh, part, which is the conflict of forgiveness. Yeah. You know, uh, isn't that one of the steps is surrendering the forgiveness? Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yes, uh, that that is that is a biggie um, because again we hold on to um, our pain, we hold on to our anger, our hurt, and by the way, whatever we experience might have been wrong, it might have been terrible. So I'm not trying to condone what happened, but there comes a time when we realize that we're really injuring ourselves all over again when we hold on to resentment and and fall into hate, um, and we're 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 unleashing toxins at every level of our being and nothing's being gained by it. And also um, it's a fear that um, we're not good enough to have more in our life. So we hold on to resentment. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, one of the keys to forgiving is to come to the astounding realization that whatever was said or done to us mm-hmm. did not after all have the power to diminish us. We concluded at mm-hmm. the time in our pain or our upset that we were made less, we were diminished. But when we know the higher truth about ourselves, we realize that nothing anyone ever says or does ultimately has the power to diminish us. And we need to return to our wholeness and to mm-hmm. true empowerment. Um, that's, that's what we're really about. And, and so it's, it's a, the greatest act of self-love to let go of thinking we're gaining anything by holding emotional um, energy or our hate against another, and and to say to life, heal me, take me on. I don't want to be a prisoner in this little prison of this old experience. Take me forward. I'm ready, and I love myself, and I've learned lessons in this. I've received gifts from this experience. I don't have to repeat the experience. Now, I'm ready to give myself back to life, and I tell you what, that's, a, that's when life can bless us so fully. I've seen people so limit their lives because of old wounds they won't allow to heal. Um, yeah. It's a tragedy, Joyce. And, and I tell you, when I forgave that girl who dumped me and realized that actually she'd been an angel in my life helping me to discover that my heart was closed, now mm-hmm. I pray for her every day. She's an absolute angel. At the time, not anything but that. <laughs> so there's always some blessing, and when we're ready to let go, we can move into that. Well, what is the fear around letting go of forgiving? Why? What is that fear? Is it that we're not enough, or I think that... it's uh, yes, yeah. I think well, I think the fear is that um, then we have to go on, and um, and we and also it's the fear of of being without our strategy uh, for dealing oh. with that situation. See, we, we enter into resentment and hold on to that. It's a strategy for dealing with our pain. And, mm-hmm. and we fear like, well, well, I'll have to feel the pain again if I forgive. No, actually, it's, it's the way that that pain can dissolve and not be carried around all the time. Uh, that, that's really what it's about. And I think ultimately we fear taking our next steps. And so we, we willingly stay stuck in our old misery. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but our lives are I'm always remember. I'm remembering a movie, um, and I shouldn't bring it up because I can't remember the name. But it was about a, um, a um, he was carrying this bag on his back, but he was having to go over waterfalls and climb mountains, and he insisted upon clearing, carrying that bag, and it was just 
life-changing when he decided to let it go. And it was such a powerful movie. I'm sorry, listeners. I should have done a little homework, but it all came up right now. But um, that's kind of how forgiveness is. It's just on our back all the time when we don't release it. Yes, and and, uh, there's Eckhart Tolle who's written the book The Power of Now. Mm -hmm. He calls that burden that we carry our pain body. Our pain mm-hmm. body, and, and it's like we carry a pain body around us. The things we haven't forgiven, the resentments, the hurts that are still festering within us. And no wonder our lives get bogged down. And right. The universe has provided us this path, and most of the great teachings, uh, spiritual teachings, have urged us to forgive, which doesn't mean saying that it was okay that it happened. Maybe it was terribly wrong. What it right. means is saying, I'm made for more, and I wasn't diminished, ultimately. I'm still a vibrant, powerful being. I can create newness in my life. I'm a child of God. I'm ready to let that go, love myself, go forward, and be bigger than that whole thing. And then what tends to happen as we do this is that we get a whole new understanding of the purpose of that difficult experience in our life. It's like we get beyond it and we look back Mm -hmm. and we're like, like I did, oh, the purpose of that, that trail in my life was to, for me to open my heart. Thank God it happened. You know, mm-hmm. you're really forgiven when you no longer wish that what happened hadn't happened. You realize, yeah. it's, place, you, you realize yeah. it's place in your growth, and you make your peace mm-hmm. with it, and then you go on. Right. So this book, full of all the wisdom that it is, full of funny stories, common sense, enrichment, is it... Um, it's really uh, uh, almost like a workbook. You need to carry it around. You need to go visit it when you when you need an answer or when you're working on a problem or just learning how to love again, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, nobody really gave us a, an instruction manual for how to live when we no. came onto this planet. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Some, all of the great teachers taught us. This book helps us understand the great teachers, most especially the master teacher, uh, Jesus, and, and help us understand how to make that practical. We put it to work in our lives so that we can create um, paradise in our lives. I want the, le- the, the listeners to know that every single one of us is magnificent. I mean, there's a spiritual mm, magnificence in every mm-hmm. one of us, and we're here to let it shine. And that's how our lives and our world can start to work again. Yeah. Now, where can they buy this book? Roger, because I'd love, I uh, want everybody can, listening to have one. Thank you. You can buy it on Amazon. It's This Life is Joy, Discovering mm-hmm. the Spiritual Laws to Live More Powerfully, Lovingly, and Happily. Um, it's available as a, a down, an electronic book as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I also did a CD set through Sounds True, commenting on, uh, it's, it's six CDs called Heartwork. And you can get that on Amazon or through SoundsTrue.com. And that deals with Part 3, The Nine Portals of Transformation. So I think the thing is get the book and read that and pass it along. And all of a sudden it's a manual for how to really live life and move through the challenges uh, in a very elegant and beautiful way that leaves you more, not less. Yeah. Well, I I have so enjoyed getting to just know you through your work in YouTube and and having the opportunity to read your book and interview you, um, that you've certainly brightened my life. So I appreciate oh, I'm that. <laughs> I'm so glad. 
Yes, yes. So when I'm in Denver, which is never, (laughs) I would love to come to your church. So if everybody's there, please go and uh, attend. And I have a personal website they may want to visit also. It's simply rogerteal.com, and the teal Mm -hmm. is T-E-E-L, two E's, not T-E-A, T-E-E-L. And so uh, the church website, milehighchurch.org or rogerteal.com. Great. Well, I thank you very much for giving this up, giving us the opportunity to talk about your book. I think it's a tremendous success. It's got to be a valuable tool, as I will use it, and I know others will. So thank you very much, Roger, for being with me today well, and Joyce, Second Wind you. audience. Yes. Yeah, thank you yeah. for doing the work you're doing through this program. Thank you. It's been fun, and, and I have enjoyed talking and learning today with Roger, or Dr. Teal. Um, And so I hope that you will go out, you will order this book, put it on yourself, get a group of together and go through it and talk about it, make it come real for you and change your life. Thank you very much for being with us today. As usual, I want you to have a great week. And I hope that you'll be here next week when we come back to visit with another awesome person. Your life is very important. Do not waste it. There's much to be offered for you out there. Thank you very much. We hope to see you in the future. Have a great week. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at 